It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder have cleared up some of their roster crunch. What comes next for this Thunder team? What will this roster look like when we get to October? We'll talk about all that and more coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Bird Dogs. We're going to dive into the Thunder shuffling around their roster with some more roster predictions and take your mailbag questions on what comes next for this Thunder team. Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockdownNBA or enter the code LockdownNBA for a free white hat with any purchase. You won't want to miss this offer because you're not going to want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you more on that later on. But the Thunder have started to clear out this roster. And while the roster still sits at the 21-player max, they have made progress toward getting into roster compliance because you can only carry 21 players in the summer. And outside of a few hours here and there, the Thunder have always been at that 21 roster max maximum, which didn't include filling their two-way spots this whole time. They'd only had one two-way slot full. Uh, It was given to Kanthi Johnson on draft night, who was picked 50th overall for the Thunder. Now, their two ways are full, all three of them, with some additional roster cuts. So they've obviously already cut Rudy Rudy Gay. We already knew that. Rudy Gay was was cut from the Thunder um, almost instantaneously. But this weekend, they have cut Usman Garuba of the Houston Rockets, Atlanta Hawks Thunder trade, as well as Ty Ty Washington in that same trade. And they signed Lindy Waters III to a two-way deal and Olivier Saar to a two-way deal, both guys who occupied two-way slots on last year's team as well. So let's start with that Rockets duo. This was always supposed to happen. Like, like we always knew that the Thunder were not going to keep these two guys. And I know that the Garuba newspaper article Um, And what it said got fans very excited. Uh, We always kind of dismiss that on this show. And the bottom line is hopefully they can catch on somewhere else. Hopefully that they can get their potential tapped into somewhere else. But when push comes to shove, you're going to number one, prioritize players that you've already invested in. So like your investment means more to you than someone else's investment. And number two, 
I know these guys were draft darlings. I know that we all like them coming out of college, coming out of um, international play for Garuba, you know, and, and had them on our big boards. The bottom line is the NBA is telling you their value. They were salary dumped by the Houston Rockets to the Atlanta Hawks. And then salary dumped by the Atlanta Hawks to the Oklahoma City Thunder for two guys who are not on large salaries. They were literally given away and had to attach assets to move on from them. Both teams did. So the Thunder netted assets just simply by taking on their contract and waiving them. And Ty Ty Washington has cleared waivers, so the Thunder do have about $2 million in dead money for that decision. And Garuba probably will clear uh, waivers as well, and they'll have his contract on dead money for this season only. The bottom line is, though, the NBA is telling you these guys' value. And when you get that sort of label attached to you, right, wrong, or indifferent, it's hard to shake it. When you're labeled as a guy who had to have assets attached to you to, to move on from your current team, that's what the perceived value is for these two guys. Like It's not as though the Thunder could have just flipped them for even more assets or more value because every other 20, all other 29 teams understand the deal and understand what it took to acquire them. And that's nothing. So there's not this hypothetical trade that they could have done to move on from them and, and receive value back. And you can argue that, you know, you could have kept Garuba or Ty Ty and, and moved on from somebody else. But again, that ties back to the perceived value of what you've invested in versus um, you know, someone else's investment and what you know versus what you don't. And so hopefully they catch on somewhere else. But again, the, the NBA has told you what you need to know about Ty Ty Washington and Usman Garuba. Uh, but hopefully they can, uh, they can change and right that wrong by the NBA. So the Thunder also signed Lindy Waters III to a two-way deal. Why Lindy Waters III? The biggest reason is trust. Mark absolutely trusts Lindy Waters III. There's, there's no other way to put it. With, with the amount of minutes Lindy Waters got down the stretch of last season, including logging minutes in the play-in, both with the Pelicans play-in, which was a very intense game, even those five minutes uh, were in points of the game where the, where the game was mattering, and then against Minnesota, which was more of a blowout game that didn't really matter at all, the bottom line is Mark absolutely trusts Lindy Waters the third because of that defensive improvement that he made. And so for a team as deep as the Thunder, who should not be relying on two A dudes heavily at all, this is a great player to have in said pinch. As Sam Presti puts it, you know, the seasons and, and, and the sky is going to fall in a season twice a year. When that sky does fall, when, when that sky does fall on the Thunder this year, whenever that may be and you got injuries or guys out for whatever reason, to be able to have a guy you trust to throw in in a pinch is a, is a good thing. And he's a really good G League player, which will help develop whoever you send down to the G League this year um, to, to help your internal development. But the bottom line is he improves so much defensively, and he's a guy that you know what you're going to get from him, and a two-way slot where you're no longer in the business of relying on them to where it ends up just being a fine contract. Now, I, I will say, the only scary part about this is that trust factor. So, like, the trust works both ways. The trust works in the sense of if something happens to your depth, this is a guy you can input into the, to the system, and you know that he's going to do his job, and you know that he's not going to be the reason you lose a game. But also, with that trust, you have to understand that, you know, there's guys better than Lindy Waters, 
on the team, frankly. Like, for example, Wiggins. Like, Wiggins should be earning more minutes than Lindy Waters, in my opinion. Now, Lindy Waters can take another step because he still has not reached that ceiling. Now, he didn't prove def uh, defensively a big, a big load last season, but the more important step for Lindy Waters is shooting the basketball. And, and that might shock you to hear because we just think of Lindy Waters as a sharp shooter. He's a sharp shooter in theory. In actuality, he shot 36% from three. And whenever that's your skill set, that's not going to cut it. He's awful above the break. And he's awful at timing. He has some untimely misses where it just, he's wide open. It can really swing the game in this moment. And he misses it above the break. He shot 35% in the corners. He shot 50%, which is how that levels out to 36% from beyond the arc. But we all know Lindy Waters can shoot. So it's not inconceivable to, to imagine a world in which his above the break three rises and he becomes an all around a better player than he was a year ago, which was still valuable for the Thunder a year ago. But ultimately, this is one of the worst kept secrets that the Thunder would be bringing back Lindy Waters a third on a two-way deal. They ended, they end up doing it and bringing him back on a two-way deal. And hopefully, this depth and this team plays the way we expect them to, and the two-way deals are pretty much null and void. We're going to get into Olivier Sars' two-way contract, plus the roster as it stands right now, and what's going to happen next with this Thunder roster, as well as your mailbag questions all coming up. But first, I want to say right now, very good friends over at Bird Dogs, folks. Bird Dogs is great. You can go there right now to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or use the promo code LockedOnNBA to get started for free with a free tech hat with any purchase. Make sure you go over there right now because Bird Dogs, they're the Thunder of apparel, honestly, because these bird dog shorts, you're not going to want to take them off. They are stretchy. They're flexible. You can wear them into a business meeting and look like a million bucks and, and fit into a business attire type of meeting. But then you can walk out of that business meeting. You can go out to the basketball court and play basketball and, and have all the movement that you need to have and able to play basketball and to have fun out there with your friends. So check it out today at birddogs.com slash locked in NBA. That's birddogs.com slash locked in NBA. And whenever you do, you're going to get a free tech hat with your purchase. So make sure you check them out because you're not going to want to take off these bird dogs. They're so flexible. Uh, they look good. They feel good. You're not going to want to take them off because they can take you into a variety of situations to where you're never going to have to take them off. And they're so comfortable. You're not going to want to. So check it out today. Birddogs.com slash locked in NBA. Birddogs.com slash locked in NBA. Bird dogs code locked on NBA. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Folks, it's almost basketball season, and this is one of the most, scratch that, this is the most exciting season since I've taken over this podcast. We're, we're ready for it. Uh, it's, it's 
the most exciting season since the OK3 season. Like that one had, of course, a ton of um, build up to it and a ton of excitement, anticipation. And you, you traded for Paul George, you traded for Mello. Uh, even Media Day was a was a huge deal, and it had a ton of moments that we still look back on and remember to this day. This season has that level of anticipation because of what this young core could do, what they could be, uh, figuring all that out and taking the first steps in that new era will be massive. So make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Thunder anywhere you get your podcast from, including on YouTube. So let's talk Olivier Saar. Why Olivier Saar was on a two-way deal. I understand that like when you look at two-way deals, first of all, you like to shuffle in new guys and, and, and there's other guys who have potential. Me personally, I was a huge fan of Caleb McConnell. I thought he should be on a two-way deal for the Thunder. I think he'll be on a two-way deal elsewhere before the season starts. Uh, but the Thunder elect to go with Olivier Saar, who's more of a familiar face. And this ties back to, you're not going to rely on two-way guys, so it it almost doesn't matter. Now, the Thunder are going to squeeze out the value of two-way guys as best they can. They're, they're going to leave no stone unturned, yada, yada, yada. The reason I think that it was Olivier Saar and not another name, like a Caleb McConnell or like some other name we haven't even really thought of, is because what Olivier Saar represents. And what he represents is a, is a nightmare matchup for the opposition. And you can be asking yourself, how in the world is a seven-footer who, who's not particularly good in the, at the NBA level presenting a, a matchup nightmare? It's just the change of pace, the change of direction, and the new look it gives OKC. Mark has shown an ability to play 10 to 12 guys a night and to go deep into his bench and to play the matchup game and if a guy doesn't have it that night, even if it's one of your stars like Josh Giddy uh, or a starter like Lou Dort, like he'll he'll let them ride the bench if someone else has a better hand and a, and a better matchup advantage. And so when you're preparing to play the Thunder, you already have to go and prepare for a variety of looks. I mean, Josh Giddy and Jalen Williams that have Santa Clara can play one through five. You can play Chet Holmgren at the five. You can play Small at the five. You can add someone next to Chet Holmgren and play a, a quote-unquote bigger look. You can have Chet be the only big. You can have no big and have Kenny Hustle to five, which was a phenomenal lineup last year. You, you can do so many things that the opposition won't know night to night, given the willingness to change things up by Mark, what to expect. And you saw this matchup nightmare take place in one of the most thrilling wins of the Thunder season last year against the Clippers. It was a one-point win for the Thunder on the road in L.A. against the Clippers, and Olivier Saar had his fingerprints all over that game. And it was a seven-foot traditional big man who's not afraid to pop the three-point ball, but like he's not going to rely on that at the NBA level, uh, who, who gave the Thunder some much-needed rebounds and some much-needed just size and, and a, different, a different lineup for a team to adjust to. The team comes in prepared to play a certain way against the Thunder. Then you give them something to adjust to for five or 10 minutes. And that five or 10 minutes can be the difference, can turn the tide, can help you get over the hump in these close games. And so for a team who's not going to rely on two-way guys and not going to rely on their development, not going to rely on getting them NBA opportunity, you know, kind of forced NBA opportunity, to have a guy like Lindy Waters who you trust, to have a guy like Olivier Saar, who can just give you a different look if you ever need to, to to play him, right? Particularly like against Minnesota. I would imagine that would be a game that SARS active for, where like you just want to have him just in case, break glass in case of emergency. Just in case Minnesota goes huge as they as we know they're going to do. And in case you need to, to match them with that size at a certain juncture in the game, you have Olivier Sar 
hanging in the balance. So you've got two guys who you're not necessarily worried about development, but can help you in matchups and help you get over the hump and also just help you as G League products. And you have one guy in Kathy Johnson who is someone that you're focused on their development, that you're going to slow play and develop in the G League and then just find some NBA opportunity for him to adjust to the league. So all in all, balancing out these three two-way spots has been very good for the Thunder. Speaking of the numbers of this Thunder roster, there's still 21 players on the Thunder roster. All three two-way spots are now full, but the Thunder still need to cut three standard contracts. So as a reminder, when you're giving your roster predictions, you cutting Saar or Lindy or Kathy Johnson does absolutely nothing for getting you back into roster compliance. So here's where the roster stands right now. SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, J-Dub, Chet, Kaysen Wallace, Kenny Hustle, Michich, Joe, J-Will, Wiggins, Usman Jang, Poku, Trey Mann, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Davis Bertans, Victor Oladipo, Jack White, and then the three two-ways, Lindy, Kathy Johnson, and Levisar. On the chopping block for the Thunder. Names that I could realistically see the Thunder moving on from. Victor Oladipo, Jack White, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Trey Mann, and then maybe you can find a trade for Davis Bertans, but that seems to be the least likely scenario. My official roster prediction after the news of the Rockets duo being shipped out and waived. I still think that they move on from Victor Oladipo. I still think that they move on from Jeremiah Robinson Earl. And I still think that they move on from Jack White. That was the initial prediction on the last Thunder roster projection. So far, two of the five are gone in Ty Ty and Usman. Looking at Victor Oladipo, Jack White, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I know Jack White's been playing well for the Boomers of Australia. I know that he presents some interesting skill sets. I would have loved for him to be on a two-way deal for the Thunder, but given it's a standard contract and given that you have to move on from three guys, it's hard to find three guys, not including Jack White, to move on from that are realistic. So we'll see how this goes. With Jeremiah Robinson Earl, we know that he didn't produce last year in the NBA. He's on a $1.9 million salary. Just seems simple to cut ties with him right now. And then Victor Ladipo, with such a great working relationship with the Thunder, if they can't find some salary dump trade to, to do, the two sides can probably work out a buyout and let him go rehab and then get hooked on with a contender uh, to try to kind of jumpstart his career back again. So that's where I'm at on the roster, especially after the news of Garuba and Ty Ty Washington getting waived. I am sad that we never got to unveil our Usman Garuba parody song, which was set to Kokomo by the Beach Boys. If you want to hear that, maybe I'll have to release it anyway. But probably no one wants to hear that, to be completely honest with you. We do have your mailbag questions, which I know you want to hear to get to all coming up. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Folks, subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from, including on YouTube, on the podcast feeds, Wherever you're at, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. And folks, you're not going to want to miss this year of Thunder basketball. We're going to be here for you all season long, covering it every single day. So make sure that you're ready for it just as we are. Before you know it, it'll be media day and training camp uh, around this time next month, you know, like a month and a week or so uh, until training camp and media day. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Almost there. They we're going to have the FIBA World Cup to kind of bide our time until preview season and until it is time for training camp and media day. So at the underscore Hanzard, as an Aussie watching the Boomers, do you think Jack White can be a point of attack defender? Look, you know, the best case scenario for Jack White is, in my opinion, in the NBA is not to be a, a great point of attack defender. And, and they mentioned that, you know, he could be learning under Lou Dort and all that great stuff. Jack White, at his ceiling would be a really good help defender who can switch uh, and help you in a pinch. But ultimately I don't think he can be a great point of attack defender at this level. This ties also into the Walmart Woj question. Is anyone more suited to play the small ball five on this roster than Jack white? That's on the roster bubble. No, like Jack white of, of the guys on the roster bubble who we just listed off. Jack white is the most thundery of all of them. Of that whole chopping block, Victor Ladipo, Jerry, Trey Mann, Thousand Bretons, Jack White, he is the most thundery. The issue is his version of thundery is this small ball five who's a tweener that doesn't necessarily have a position that can provide you great energy, that can provide you uh, some hustle rebounds, that can switch greatly as a small ball five, and again, just provides that spark off the bench as this energizer bunny. Those are all great qualities to have. Those are all things that make him a valuable contributor on a roster. As a great cutter and play finisher for this Thunder team, you're seeing some of that play finishing a little bit with Australia right now. I think that that will only continue to grow as they continue to play games at the FIBA World Cup. The issue is, despite all that being said, the Thunder already have a lot of guys who do that. Like, that's exactly what Kenny Hustle does. And you're going to play Kenny Hustle over Jack White. It's exactly what, you know, Wiggins does as a play finisher. Uh, not necessarily a small ball five for Wiggins, but like he's versatile and he switches and he and he finishes plays and he helps you win games with energy. Like the, the team has a lot of those guys. But the team, like, you know, maybe doesn't have enough of is the potential of what Trey Mann can do if he can ever get it right, scoring the ball, like finish plays for, for his version of finishing plays. It's more so what we talk about where we say like everything leading up to the shot, leaving the hand of Trey Mann looks really good. When the shot leaves the hand, it doesn't go in. 
those shots start to go in, that provides you a new dynamic that the Thunder do not have too much of. And so for Jack White, while these are all positive traits he has, and while it all screams Thunder, and I mentioned that while watching the Australian exhibition matchups, when you watch Jack White, it's clear why the Thunder went out and wanted to take a look at him. Because whenever you talk to coaches, they always preach identity, identity, identity. What's our identity? Do we play to our identity today? Why didn't or did we play with our identity? They always preach that stuff. And when you watch Australia and you watch Josh Giddy and you watch Jack White, those two guys leap off the page as the Thunder's identity. And they play exactly like what the Thunder envision for their team. The only backlash to Jack White is just that you have a lot of those guys already. Is that you already have that kind of spot checked off. Which is why I would have loved him on a two-way deal because... You, you know, you can have him there as depth. You can have him there maturing in the in the G League to help him uh, start to learn some more shot cre- uh, creation stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, whenever push comes to shove and you got to find three contracts to move on from, there's not that many, you know, obvious options other than the 26-year-old who doesn't quite have a position. He's 26 years old. And the Thunder have done this before. They've, they've signed guys in the summer before only to cut them before training camp ends. Like, this is not a, a new thing. The Thunder have, have, have had previous um, experience doing it and precedent doing it. So that's also a mixture of why people are putting Jack White in their roster projections, including myself. It has, it has little to do with a non-belief in Jack White and everything to do with the surrounding circumstances. At Brett HD, what do you think J-Dub's ceiling is or could be this season? So I think I think J-Dub, and I've talked about this before, was a much better defender last year than he gets credit for. This year, he will be an unquestionably good defender. I think that that's what people are going to notice the most about J-Dub this year is his defense. Even though it was there last year and he wreaked habit last year and he used his link very well last year, but this year, it'll jump off the screen. It'll be undeniable how good he is defensively. I also think that because he's such a smart cutter, like a smart cutter, understands when to cut, understands how to take advantage of, of the defensive alignment, understands what to do and how to create for himself off ball where you have no choice but to find them and, and get easy buckets. Because he's so good at that, and because the Thunder are going are gonna to spread you out and are going to have so many other offensive options that you have to pay attention to and you can't necessarily double-team any one guy, even SGA. If you do that, they're going to make you pay for what the Thunder are. Because of that, I could see even his point-per-game tick up because – He's going to be the beneficiary of a lot of this stuff just because he'll be the first one to recognize when to cut, where to cut, where to go, how to get open, where to find the the uh, accessible piece of court to score efficiently. So I, I think that, that, that J-Dub ceiling is going to be very high because of his cutting and because of his defense. Uh, statistically, it'll, it'll look much of the same from last year, but I think he can tick up in points per game and tick up in stocks this season because of just his length and ability to play overall. At Seattle Light, besides the G League, are there any other ways to stash players that do not make the regular season roster? So I assume that you mean like once you've signed them and like, for example, Jack White, right? Like a name like that. Because you obviously can, you can draft a guy and stash them overseas and not sign them until later. Michich was drafted in 2014. He's not going to debut until this season. So you can do that. But I assume you mean like whenever they get beat out in training camp. No, the G League is like the only way to do that. Uh, now, you, you can have a great relationship with an agent and they go to some other G League team. But then whenever you have a two-way spot open or a spot open or a training camp invite open, they want to wrap, they would rather sign that with you. But 
yeah, the, the G League is, is where you would, we would try to shuffle them down and, and keep them in your organization, keep them in-house uh, to, to help you along in your development and eventually get a shot on a two-way deal uh, or better. But yeah, once you've cut them from camp, uh, it's almost a free-for-all pretty much uh, of how other teams are going to view them. Michael Kenny asked, is Isaiah Joe's three-point shooting a fluke? And do you think that Trey Mann can have a similar jump in three-point shooting in year three as Isaiah Joe did? So I don't believe that Isaiah Joe's shooting is a fluke. Uh, I, I think that last year you, you kind of saw what, what happens with three-point shooters, and, and he showed you how good he was as a three-point shooter and how repeatable it was. But I want to just highlight this conversation on Isaiah Joe because he shot 40% last year, and, and that's fantastic. That was great. But it was, it was how he got to that 40%. So, yeah, he shot 60% in October. He shot 41% in November. He shot 45% in December. 43% in January. 48% in February. But then he had a 37% shooting night and a 36% shooting month in March and April. So, like, I'm not taking anything away. I'm just saying that it'll eventually level out to 40% again next year. I fully believe that this season, Isaiah Joe will shoot 40% or better from three. What I would encourage your fans to do is to memorize that shooting split from Isaiah Joe. Bookmark his 2022-23 shooting splits basketball reference page because I don't I can't tell you which order will come in, right? So like the 60% shooting happened in October, and that was great. And the 45% shooting in December and the 47% shooting in January, like that was all great. And it and it was not a question if he was a shooter or not, or if he could shoot. And it helped disguise that 31% shooting month in March. So I'm telling you this because he could have that 31% shooting in October next year. And it's just glaring because it's the first month and you're still worried about if this was a fluke or not. But don't panic because this is what shooters do. Every shooter has splits like this. Like one month, two months, three months, they're just exceptional. One month that they're, you know, below average. And then every other month they are well above average and it rounds them out to 40%. It is a percentage for a reason. And so I believe that he'll get back to, he was at 41% technically last year because he was at 40.9. But uh, still, I I imagine he'll he'll get close to that number, if not past that number this season. I would just say, as fans do worry about if that was a fluke or not, let's let this thing play out for Isaiah Joe and shooters who need to get into rhythm. Rhythm both shooting the basketball, rhythm in their role, which which could be um, a little bit different next year, all that stuff. As far as Trey Mann goes, uh, Trey Mann could have a, a jump, a three-point shooting jump, obviously. Trey Mann has the talent. Like Trey Mann has the ability to shoot. It's just like Landy Waters. Landy Waters has the ability to shoot. It's a matter of if those shots go in. And for Trey Mann specifically, like you see him create for himself and you see him uh, do all these moves to free up space and to get shots off and they look so clean and then they don't go in. Eventually those have to go in uh, or at least be better than 31% from three. I'll also say this for Trey Mann. A, a, a big difference here, if he does you know, survive the training camp and, and make the roster as I project him to, if he does do that, his role will look different and will allow him to play more off-ball at times. Because we've seen him stretch the floor and be at the hash and have SGA swing it to him. He just knocks down a three from way beyond the arc off-ball. 
he'll be able to play more off ball alongside Michic and Kaysen Wallace. And he'll also be able to play on ball where it's not, but the bottom line is it's not going to be all on him. Like a lot of times whenever he got second chance or second unit chances because of the lack of offensive aggression for other players, it was all on him to kind of create for himself and also for others. And taking some of that pressure off of him, you could see a jump in his numbers if he's an OKC. But of course, the, the fight for minutes will be strong and the fight for minutes will not be guaranteed for anyone on this roster, including Trey Mann. And also his roster spot, as I put him on the chopping block, is not guaranteed necessarily, but I project him to make the roster. And we'll see how this all evens out. But folks, fun episode. Another one tomorrow coming out where we're going to draft the home slate for the Thunder. Tune in for that. And until then, be good. Be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.